Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. Here we are. Welcome to episode four, All of Them Witches. Today we'll be talking about the 1968 horror realism film, Rosemary's Baby, written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski, produced by William Castle, the same producer for The House on Haunted Hill, the original one, uh, starring Mia Farrow, Sidney Blackmer, John Cassavetes, I don't know. Cassavetes? Sure. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. And Ruth Gordon, who is awesome. Uh, Rosemary's Baby was based on the book of the same name by Ira Levin, who also wrote uh, Boys from Brazil and Stepford Wives. Uh, Stepford Wives was adapted to the screen twice. Yeah. yeah. And Boys from Brazil was only once. Um, I don't believe they're as well known as Rosemary's Baby. Do you think? Do you think more people know about Rosemary's Baby than those other two I stories? I think so. Um, yeah, maybe. I, not. I had never heard of Boys from Brazil. Okay, so. I've actually never seen it or read it, and I yeah. love I love Stepford and I love Rosemary's, but I've never read Boys from Brazil. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. I think if you're a <laughs> horror fan, you know about Stepford Wives, or like if you're yeah like into that kind of. Um, what is the word that you just said that I can't think of? Horror realism? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cassevative. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes, oh, no. I think. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I think I think people do know the the Frank Oz slash Nicole Kidman Stepford. If, yes. if, if you haven't yeah. read the book or seen the original, you've probably seen that one. Yep. Yeah. Which is not that great. Which is too yeah, bad. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. So I remember when I watched it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but cool. even the original, okay, we're not talking about no, that. No, we're talking no, about Rosemary's. Like- <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Abby, tell us about Rosemary's Baby and what it is about. So, um, Rosemary's Baby focuses on your main character, Rosemary Woodhouse. Woodhouse. <laughs> I always do that. Okay. So her last name is Woodhouse. Anyway, um, she is a young housewife, mm-hmm. um, and she lives with her husband in New York City, and the movie opens on them um, apartment hunting. Yes. And it opens with, like, this really creepy tune that's hummed by Mia Farrow, yeah. um, who plays Rosemary, um, and she was never credited for that also. I, I think everybody just assumes, because she has a very distinct voice. Um so, yeah, it opens with them um, looking at this little apartment. And, well, I shouldn't say little. It's kind of a spacious apartment in it New is. York City. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> and they're kind of looking around and exploring it. And um, there's a couple um, sort of foreshadowing events that happen when they're looking at the apartment. But basically, um, Rosemary and her husband are trying to have a baby. Yes. Um and they meet these neighbors who are super nosy and really irritating. Um, and from there, it just kind of spirals out of control, really. It um, does, yeah. And it's like that very, it's that classic story about like, you know, a housewife wanting to kind of 
break out and she wants people to notice things and that kind of thing. And oh, it's just, it's great the way that it's filmed. And I love the story, but. It is. It's so, this is another one that scares me to death because Creature, right, is my favorite. This is probably my favorite modern I guess you could call it modern. But so Creature's my favorite monster. Rosemary's Baby is my favorite horror movie in general mm-hmm. because it does. It scares me half to death. And I first saw this movie in my freshman year of college. Um, the local library uh, near my college had a ton of horror movies. I mean, a ton of horror movies. And that's how I saw like Clockwork Orange and um friday the 13th like in mm-hmm. nightmare on elm street i'd never seen these before until my freshman year and i just rented like a ton of movies and one of them was rosemary's baby mm-hmm. and I, I i honestly had no idea what it was about i knew it obviously had to do with something with a baby yeah <laughs> of course yep. but like i didn't understand i didn't know like at all what this could even be about right so when i started watching it i actually went on this journey with rosemary because everything is from her point of view yeah so you true. don't know if she's if she's unreliable or if it really is happening and you're seeing everything that she sees is is legitimate yeah um but you you really don't know so you know and there are also scenes in this film where you're you can't see people talking on the phone they're just slightly off screen yeah right and they talked about in that video that it's all what she can see and then when she walks up to the door you can then see right everything yeah. so everything really is from her point of view yeah um which you know what um i should probably we should probably explain to people who haven't seen it spoiler yeah. alert um because i oh, kind yeah. of started they're and then all, like dwindled they're all off gonna there. be spoiler alert yeah so. exactly okay um so after rosemary meets her neighbors um she's sus- well her good friend tells them a story about the apartment building where hutch. they'll be renting yes hutch tells them um basically the background story of this apartment building where they'll be moving into because um, they see the apartment and they really love it um so they decide to take it and he explains to them that it was actually home to a coven of cannibal witches who Jeez. ate multiple babies and one of them was like their niece and stuff like that and um there were a couple other strange occurrences in the mm-hmm. building um and they kind of just you know brush it off don't really think about it and then they hear um like chanting coming from the next door apartment one night and then all of these crazy things start happening and um rosemary is actually impregnated by the devil basically in like this crazy like fever dream sequence yeah and um she doesn't really know like what's going on with her and that's basically the whole theme of the movie is just her not knowing and being so frustrated at just not getting answers for all of these mysterious things that keep happening to her and um it focuses on just that how forlorn she feels throughout the whole film Mm -hmm. and like you kind you know what's going on you you obviously have 
you know, some background knowledge that she doesn't as the watcher right, of, yeah. the, of the movie. But because um, even though you're on the journey with her, you are still like omnipresent, right? Like in a right, sense where yeah. like you're like you're with her, but like no one else can see you, obviously, because they're the audience. So you right. can notice things because, right, yeah. you know, that she might not notice or whatever. Yeah. Which is an awesome way to create a film, I think. Yeah. As, and it was super well done. Yeah. Her her horror becomes your horror. Yeah. Because it's all from the point of view of Rosemary, which is the only, right, the only view that you do see throughout the entire film. Right. So that ending, though, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> to this day still one of my very favorite endings so good to any movie in general not even just horror but i love that they didn't show the the babies like what the baby looked like Mm -hmm. i love that because like we talked about in um a couple previous episodes i think it's a lot scarier when you can imagine it yourself yep and um it, it just how she reacts to seeing her baby for the first time and just the line like what did you do to its eyes it's just oh it like sends shivers down your spine good it is so good so when i rented this from the library i i watched it in my dorm room late at night why (laughs) i don't know my roommate if i think she was there she if she was she was dead asleep or she was like, Gracie's watching a crazy movie. I'm just going to pretend. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Oh, she was God. in the room and she was, I think, asleep. I'm sitting there watching this movie on my little rinky dink TV that I, I brought. <laughs> and then, you know, when she finds, she goes through the closet door yeah. and she sees the burning church that she remembers from her fever dream. Yeah. That is actually like burning in the dream, but yeah. it's just the, the, the painting yep and she's like oh my gosh and then she goes in and all these freaking old people Ugh. are standing around and they're like what are you doing out of bed rosemary and then she discovers the baby and they start yelling hail satan oh my god and that bothered me so much i was like <gasps> i <laughs> because her innocence is broken right yeah. because it's her point of view throughout the whole thing her innocence is broken once they start once they yell, God is dead, Satan lives. And yes. I was like, no, no. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you become like, you you are her in that scene. And it's it's it affects you. Yeah. And I definitely um, think it, it might be a little bit different from a male perspective. But as a female, mm-hmm. just imagining what she's going through and, um, you know, thinking hopefully someday, like if I ever have kids and, and that sort of thing. Obviously, I don't ever want to experience anything like this, but <laughs> just thinking about how she feels the entire time. This is all she has. Yeah. She has her husband, but even then, Guy is such a creep. Oh my God. Throughout Can we the- talk about Guy for a second yes. and how much I hate him? <laughs> even before he's he, he betrays her, you hate him. Yeah. He's such a little turd. He is. <laughs> 
he is a turd. He's a turd. He's the he's worst. Like the guy that you're like, oh yeah, let's invite Rosemary because she's really sweet. Oh, but that means Guy has to come over yes. too. Yes. All right. Well, honey, can you talk to Guy for? Uh, I don't want to. No, but please. <laughs> yes. Like nobody else likes him. Like somebody talks to him. I know. <laughs> oh my god. He um. He's so insecure and you can sense his insecurities as soon as the movie starts because the, uh, the, the manager of the hotel or the hotel, the apartment yeah, yeah. is like, he's like, oh, so what are you, are you a doctor? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm a doctor. And, and Rosemary's like, no, you're not. Don't say that. He's yeah. already like playing along and he's, you know, he's not being honest from yeah. the very first line that he has in the film. He is dishonest. Yes. He's so, he's very, um, yeah, he's just grimy. He's sli- He's a grimy, slimy little turd. He is. Ew. And it it's frustrating to to watch what Rosemary goes through mm-hmm. with that because you're like, oh my god, Rosemary, like you're such a nice young woman, and like you're so pretty. You, you don't are deserve so him. pretty. I know. <laughs> and she's so cute, and she's like clever and quirky, and you're like, how? Did you end up with this guy? And she's she's actually quite funny. She's, she really is. She's kind of yeah. She she you know giggles and and I don't know like the little funny comments that she makes are very cute and and guy is not funny. He's not. He's, he's like <laughs> he's like that gross like brooding actor like oh and he's in you know all these friggin' plays that nobody cares about yeah. I had never even heard of these, play- and I love theater. I'd never heard of these plays until I was, I saw this movie. And yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody loves an albatross? What? <laughs> what the heck? Luther. Okay, Luther. Okay, so you're Martin Luther. Okay. From all medieval times. Nobody cares, guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Obviously, get out of here. Obviously. <laughs> Keep doing your cheesy no, motorcycle commercials. Isn't Luther about... Um, Luther was a monk who like rebelled that, against. I, isn't he called Martin Luther? And that's where Martin Luther King gets his name from. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm gonna look it up real quick because I'm just making stuff up. Martin Luther play. <laughs> well, and I feel like it's because of how um the oh my god it is about Martin Luther from the monk Martin Luther. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which like everything has everything has such a like heavy religious theme to i mean it's unavoidable when you're right you know talking about satan's baby but you know (laughs) um they bring up the pope so many times and like even the plays that the fact that he's in the pope is coming to town is you know yeah very significant yeah because you know this there's this hope that the Pope (laughs) is going to be there. And, you know, it it is because Rosemary's brought up Catholic and she says that she is questioning it, but she seems to have dreams that are very, you know, I mean, she has the, she's remembering Catholic school in her dreams. I think that she only questions it because of guy, honestly. Yes. Like, I think that she is really actually rooted in her faith. Mm -hmm. Like, but because of being with this man who is her husband, it she she is very naive and she's really easily persuaded. I guess. Yeah, because he obviously could care less, and because he he says um, during that dinner that they have with the Castavets, 
she or he talks about how oh he's the pope is only here for the cameras yeah and so yeah. he he is and rosemary is immediately like offended yeah she becomes quiet and looks down and um you know and he starts that whole conversation he does yeah. he yeah. starts the whole conversation with that couple um so yeah you're that makes that's a really good point i never thought of that that yeah. you know maybe he's the one that's like you know he's 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 um smothering her beliefs yeah so well he is in every single aspect too though yeah you know like she tries to change something about her she changes her hair she cuts all of her hair off and that's so much oh that scene doesn't that just bother you oh it got under my skin so oh my gosh she comes home after she cuts all of her hair off and he's like oh my god what did you do to your hair blah 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 and then later on she talks about how she doesn't look good and he's like, oh, no, you look fine. It's your hair that's terrible. And it's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> your personality is terrible. <laughs> <guy."> <laughs> it, but it was so crazy is that that haircut was in. Yeah. A, a lot of a lot of young, very trendy women were getting that haircut because yeah. this was the Twiggy era, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So. A lot of women were getting that short haircut, mm-hmm. like a lot of trendy women. And so the fact that Guy is smothering her sense of progression, even. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, he's even smothering the fact that she wants to move forward, like, fashion-wise, mm-hmm. is really strange. And then to go back, she wears, like, childlike clothing. She has yeah. her hair and pigtails. Mm-hmm. She's wearing, like, little sandals and cute dresses. And, I mean, she looks... I mean, she's a woman, right? Mia Farrow is obviously a grown woman. But if I feel like there was a sort of, uh, there was an intention to make her seem young yeah, yep. in the beginning. Which is really, it's creepy. So creepy. It is really creepy when you think about like, oh, oh, oh. it just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. It does. Yeah. It's so strange. Um, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I, I think she was intentionally casted because you know she could play that very young innocent childlike character but then of course she could also play a grown woman because she is a grown woman right um but yeah it it's so strange so strange yeah guy is like the snake in eden who is like do this do that and she's just like okay Mm -hmm. she just listens to him And, and when she does start rebelling it's he makes her feel bad. Yeah. And she's not even, she, she cut her, she cuts her hair, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like she killed someone. Right. (laughs) But it just gets worse and worse too, because she, she knows that, um, you know, something is wrong with her pregnancy and she knows that she's not healthy and she's having a really hard time. So in one scene, she invites, um, friends over who are not, like who you don't see any other time in the movie they're friends from before they moved to the apartment building and um they're old friends young friends yeah and they kind of like barricade themselves in the kitchen and she's talking to them about how she's feeling like with her pregnancy and they are telling her you know it's your body's way of telling you that something is wrong like you need to go get checked out and then um Later, when she tries to talk to Guy about it, um, he says something about um, how, like, these bitches should mind their own business kind of thing. And it's like, 
you're you feel for her because you're one like you know that something is wrong and you're just trying you're simply trying to seek medical help or medical attention and two like this woman is your wife how could you treat her this way you know so the the fact that there the he does smother all sense of her um confidence in Mm -hmm. her own knowledge that something is wrong or her 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 belief system he smothers every single time she has a thought like a like actually like is sensing something that has to do with herself and he destroys it yeah and even take out baby satan and this movie could still be a horror movie it definitely could like and you don't unfortunately it it's a little i don't think that people will take it um as heavily as they would if mm-hmm. it was a movie about domestic abuse that featured physical violence yeah um which not to mention the fact that he even though he doesn't in the movie when she wakes up from the dream sequence when she's impregnated by basically raped by she, Satan. she's raped by Satan, she is yeah. um guy tries to cover it up by saying that he basically raped her in her sleep right which is it yes like um, and i don't know if um for that time period that was i think it was becoming more of an issue mm-hmm. like people were talking about it a little bit more because of all of the things that were happening with like the sexual revolution and women's bodies and women's health care but it is mind-blowing to me that even after he says that to her it, it she is just kind of like okay well I'm just going to deal with it because he's my husband. Because at first she's like, wait, what? Yeah. You did it while I was out? And he's like, what? It's fine. It's yeah, fine. He's like, Look, I, see, a- I, I filed my nails down. So it's fine. Because yeah. she had scratches from Satan on yeah. her. <laughs> but Yikes. She- <laughs> oh. oh, man. Satan scratch fever. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. But like. But he, but he, he makes it, this is what's the thing. It's like, whether it's Satan or it's your husband, yeah. rape is not okay. It definitely never is okay. a hundred percent unacceptable. Yeah. And it's so sad to me that so she, it just, like, she realizes it at first, but then she kind of like pulls back a little bit and she's like, well, you know, okay like then it never uh, becomes a problem again they never talk about it again yeah because then she's pregnant and everything's fine yep but it's not fine it's definitely not fine it's devil baby it is and so i think that we should touch on the fact that uh pregnancy is also kind of scary oh yeah it's terrifying are you kidding (laughs) yeah i have never been pregnant i have no idea what it's like to carry a child to term i don't understand that yeah nor have i but I can I mean even I just from an outsider's point of view it it seems like I would just constantly be worried that something is wrong which mm-hmm. is what happens with Rosemary you brought it up like there's the fact that she feels that something is wrong like obviously she feels this pain um but I think that's every woman's nightmare 
Yeah. When they're pregnant, that something is wrong. Or that you are failing as a woman or a mother. Right. And I, she's definitely feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And which is also incredible. This whole movie is just very sad. It It's sad to me. It's scary. But more than anything, I was upset about how helpless she felt throughout yeah. the whole thing. And how everyone basically just brushed her off. The only people who were really concerned about her were her friends who were outsiders who are not in this little apartment building world. Yeah. And and they're only in for that one scene and then they never show up again. But right. they give her the best advice throughout the whole film. And the doctor who she goes to see who basically calls her husband who is puts her to bed and then she wakes up and she's being taken home yeah even he betrays her yeah and which he doesn't have i don't think he has any ties to anyone else in the movie but he He doesn't tells her that she is crazy basically Mm -hmm. because she tries to tell him this story about oh i think this coven of witches is trying to get my baby they're like trying to take my baby and he's like okay (laughs) (laughs) like that's a little we're just you get some rest and we'll send you back home it's like ah because even if he doesn't believe that part there's obviously something happening here well clearly she even looks unhealthy yes you know and it's just she is being completely overlooked which Oh, oh, so frustrating. It is frustrating. It is. But this is, I think we could, we could dive. This movie is so feminist. It's great. It is. It Um, really is. She, um, we could dive into like the mansplaining and Mm -hmm. so many different things where a woman is, is not trusted. Yeah. Because she's having a thought that doesn't quite mesh with the male perspectives. Mm Mm-hmm thought you know so um so i i think that it's it's really important that this movie exists in general again baby satan aside this movie has so many uh very there's so many topics that you could touch on with this and we won't be able to touch on all of them but um we can mention that it does pass the bechdel test yay yay there's actually three times i think it passes um which is great so Mm -hmm. they're all i think with uh minnie the neighbor (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) the the evil old lady yeah oh but they do they talk about a lot of things other than men which is great they do talk about their husbands but that's you know then they talk about other things too right it's not just about their husbands so right so that's good it passes um but yeah it uh there's so many there's so many uh crazy um moments where no one is listening to Mm -hmm. the the woman who is just trying to tell you one thing well and i think also we should talk about the book that hutch gives her yes um which is where we i think where we got the title for the episode from Um, the book is all all of them witches and um you know, she talks to Hutch about what's going on and he gives her this book and she's, you know, flipping through it and reading excerpts from it. And she's finally like, OK, this is starting to make sense. And she's putting 
pieces together. And as soon as she starts doing that and like starts coming a little bit closer to figuring out what's going on, Guy takes the book from her mm-hmm. and you know, he's everyone tells her, Oh, I thought you were gonna stop reading well, not everyone, but her the doctor mm-hmm. tells her, you know, I thought we talked about you not reading books. And, How dare you read books? Yeah. Which yeah it happens so often in this film to the point where you're just like it wears on you it It does does. it wears on you it's just like one thing after another and finally by the end you're just like oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah because even like he throws the book away she's like why would you do that that was a gift from our friend who died yeah and you threw it away Mm -hmm. because you didn't like that i was reading it and i mean of course it has the information in there to to give them all away but th- i think the main point is that he destroyed something that belonged to her mm-hmm. because he didn't like it mm-hmm. <sighs> so sad yeah awful well it's, i mean technically it's not the only thing that he destroyed though because in favor of him getting ahead in his acting career he basically sacrifices his wife's body mm-hmm. and her health and well-being in order to advance. And that, I think, th- th- it just speaks volumes about how far we have come. And the obviously, the amount of symbolism in this movie is crazy. And you could go on and on for days. I know. That's what I mean. We can only it, talk but, about it so long. But yeah. 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 So, yeah, he I mean, he just he guy destroys so many lives, almost more than the uh, cast of it's do. They okay. so here's a question. Do you think that the friend in the laundry room, do you think that she killed herself or do you think that she was killed Um, by another member or something? Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both um, because she is this outside character in the beginning of the movie when you're introduced tells you that the the cast of that's picked her up off the street literally terry yeah that's her name and um she is taken in by these people and she even says you know i thought that they wanted me for some weird sex thing but when i found out that that wasn't the case like kind of felt a little bit more at ease um but if you notice in um in the scene where they find her after mm-hmm. she's killed herself um mr Casavet says i noticed that she got depressed every three weeks or so so i'm wondering if some they were doing the same thing to her that they did to rosemary mm-hmm. and maybe trying to get her pregnant and yes use her as that kind of sacrifice and maybe she finally was just like you know what i've had enough or they realized that she wasn't useful and someone killed her she couldn't she couldn't conceive right because of who knows being on drugs or yeah she mentions you know other probably prostitution that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so I was thinking maybe along those lines. Yeah, because I was thinking that the last time I watched it, I was like, I was thinking like, did she kill herself, or did something else kill her? 
like, you know, and did she, her body was cremated. And this was the first time I, I noticed that they said that in the film, like, Oh, her, she was cremated the other day. And I thought, I wonder why oh. was she pregnant? And that's why she, with Satan's baby. And that's why she killed herself. Oh, and yeah. they had to maybe somehow cremate her in order to hide that there was a demon inside of her. That's true. So yeah. I wonder, I don't know, but, um, you know, Terry, a.k.a. baby mama number one, <laughs> who, who doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, she actually, her name is Victoria Vetri. And oh, yeah. in the movie, she's like, oh, you remind me of Victoria Vetri, the actress. And that's her real name. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of She's cool. like, oh, you know, I don't see the resemblance. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my that's God. You. so funny. And she's like, she was a Playboy model, <laughs> too, right? Was, yeah. She's in like an actual she centerfold. She was the centerfold. So. <laughs> like the year before. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You go, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was also accused of manslaughter, but that's. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of weird things surrounding this film, I gotta say. Oh my gosh, it was, you know, we have to talk about, I don't want to bring up Roman Polanski because he, he he's a great director, but not a great person, obviously. Yeah, no, definitely um, not. He, um, you know, obviously he fled the country because he was, he was guilty of having sex with a minor. Um, but he, his, his wife, Sharon Tate was Mm -hmm. killed a few years after this movie came out. Sharon Tate died in 69. So a year year after this movie was released and she was pregnant and she was pregnant and she was killed by, uh, members of the Manson family. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think, I mean, it destroyed Roman Polanski yeah Um, that doesn't that doesn't excuse what he's done um but I think it does have a lot to do with it Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's the fact that this movie um almost foreshadows like this sort of horrible event and you know a real life horror happens to Sharon Tate and her child and you know um it's really dark and weird. It is weird. And yeah. if you think about like all the interconnectedness of it, mm-hmm. um, uh, following the Manson murders and that kind of thing, the members of that whole Manson group mm-hmm. used um, Helter Skelter by yep. the Beatles as kind of like a, a theme, if mm-hmm. you will. And actually, the building where Rosemary's Baby was filmed, John Lennon was that that was where John Lennon was shot was the outside Dakota. of that building. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. There's a weird circle of of events. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah, very and it, strange. It makes you really, I, if if you believe in that kind of thing, like it makes you kind of think twice about you know what horror is and like what the genre can do absolutely so you know and i think we can end on this and scream one of my favorite my favorite slasher franchise um in scream they talk about that you know movies don't create psychos they just make psychos more creative yeah yeah um so it's a 
you can't you really can't blame the movies no no definitely there's not. crazy people all over but i think that a lot of people um you know they just they get ideas and that's it yeah you know yeah Oof. Ooh, is right. Wow. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Hope, hope we didn't ruin your morning. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry though. <laughs> Moral not, of the story yeah. is your babe is probably Satan. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> you love it anyway. I mean, we hope it's not. <laughs> we really do. But but if it does, like Rosemary, you're gonna love it no matter what. It's true. Cause it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great day. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>